This is a Federal News Network podcast. As the tumultuous 2020 reaches its final phase, contractors can expect some things to have changed for good and the return of some of the old shibboleths. Here with a list of what to expect, federal sales and marketing consultant Larry Allen. Larry, I want to begin with something that uh, you've been saying and I think a few people have observed, and that is even when the pandemic is ultimately over, it looks like it will be too, people will continue to telework in large numbers just because there's a lot of advantages to it. And if contracting officers, GSA people keep teleworking, that does have some effect on your sales and marketing effort as a contractor. Tom, telework is here to stay. You're absolutely right. More and more agencies have said that. I was writing this week about a hearing before one of the Senate subcommittees last week where had uh, the Department of Labor, Transportation, and the Social Security Administration. Those are just three of the latest agencies in a steady stream that has talked about telework becoming the new normal even after the pandemic goes away. And if you're a government contractor, That not only changes how you sell, but it may even change what you sell, Tom. The needs of your federal workers are going to be different from what they were if they were in an office all of the time. And how you interact with those customers and prospects is going to change. And maybe maybe you need to take a page out of your own book as a contractor to see how your company is acting differently, to understand a little bit about how your customer might be acting differently too. And then, as we said in the beginning, some things don't change. And let's talk about the multiple award schedule program, which has changed a lot, but there are certain eternal truths about it concerning pricing and so on. And it's probably a good time to remind people about that as the year winds down. Well, Tom, in your intro, you started with the word shibboleth, which I think is a great example of what we're talking about here. It's been over 30 years since I first heard the term schedule prices are too high. And then I heard it kind of out of the blue last week. And I'm like, really? We're still on that? Because times have changed. There are abundant electronic commerce tools to ensure that agencies get competitive bids. Uh, The number of competitive bids received on the schedules program is up substantially over the last 30 years. Contracting officers at GSA have more tools to determine whether the pricing they're getting on contract is a good price. They don't now just look at a contractor's own price. They look uh, at other contractors selling similar things. And yet this old, out-of-date image that schedule prices are too high remains. My point is, look, this multiple award schedules program has stood the test of time. It has been here while other flavor of the month government contracting programs have come and gone. It's still meeting a need today. It's a fantastic low barrier to entry uh, contracting program for small businesses. And it clearly meets the needs of government customers with between 35 and $40 billion a year in business generated annually. So that tells me it's working well for somebody. Going along with that is that the government should ensure that what it's asking for is really commercial. Remember when you mentioned in the Bush admi- the first Bush administration when they were worried about PC prices, people would thumb through Computer Shopper and say, well, look look how much this is here, you know, this great big telephone book that came out every couple of months. And, of course, what the government was buying was often so much more specified than what was in Computer Shopper that you really weren't buying the same thing. That's right. It, and specifications change, but also sourcing changes. 
Uh, simply put, Tom, some of the products that were available to commercial users in Computer Shopper aren't available to the government. And we take, could take us into a, a day-long discussion of cybersecurity and secure chain supply chain management, but your basic point is a good one. Uh, when you're a government buyer, you want to make sure that you're doing an apples-to-apples -apples comparison. Uh, and if you feel that your price, whether it's on schedules or another IDIQ contract, might be higher than it should be, look to the FAR. The Federal Acquisition Regulations say right there that you should always ask a contractor for a price reduction when you're buying through any type of IDIQ contract. We're speaking with Larry Allen, president of Allen Federal Business Partners. And last time we spoke, we talked about being transparent. And if the government asks you for information, go ahead and give it. In this case, you're saying GSA ought to go ahead and ask industry for some input. And it may have missed a chance to do that recently. I think it did, Tom. And it's ironic that we are talking about this again, albeit now from a different side of the tennis net. I did take industry to task recently, and I think appropriately so, when GSA or any other government agency is asking contractors for input to put together a good acquisition, industry ought to put it together and give it to the government. Uh, that just makes for a better acquisition process. Similarly, though, when the government is in front of groups of industry people, particularly those that comprise a large part of your program, it's good to be forthcoming with them. Uh, be uh, open, be upfront about what your plans are. Uh, tell people what it is you're thinking about doing and why. Uh, own the research that you've done to date on uh, your approach to a particular acquisition problem and get the feedback. Look, the feedback may not all be 100% positive, but that doesn't mean it's not gonna be valuable you wanna make sure that you've got a great acquisition program. And one of the ways to do that is to make sure that you're actually above board, open, telling government uh, people what they need to get from you. But if you're in government, you're telling government customers what you're planning to do so that they can provide the input they need to. And a final question, we've got a new Congress that's about to come in, and there are some new members, quite a number of new members. A lot of seats changed hands this time around, and there's going to be a new administration. We're going to see some very familiar names. I think we can all bet on that, but maybe some new names also. And when it comes to procurement, this is a good time, as you put it, to stick together and give a united story about what federal procurement is all about to some of these newbies. Tom, that's right. What we're going to see is what we see kind of every four years, sometimes more than others. But this year, right now, is a time for people in the acquisition field to know who they are, to know what their processes are, and to know why they're taking certain actions, whether it's using other transaction authority, whether it's putting in a new requirement for uh, source selection, competition, whatever it is, uh, the good news, bad news story about government acquisition is that on the average day, not too many people pay attention to government acquisition, so not that many people know the details. The bad news story is when something goes wrong, Capitol Hill instantly has 535 experts in government acquisition, some of whom would like to change uh, the program in ways that it probably can't actually be bent. Um, you know, thinking about 100% domestic sourcing, uh, which is going to be something that we deal with in 2021 
for at least some types of things the government buys. Uh, in the acquisition community, we have to realize that while we squabble internally, this is not the time to squabble internally. This is the time to make sure that we are able to tell our good news story, tell our reasons for why we do things, tell what our plans are to the people who are coming in, because some of them are going to have their own ideas and they're going to want to take acquisition in a direction that ultimately doesn't serve anyone well. We're the acquisition experts. We ought to be prepared to tell our story and why we think our way forward is worth taking a look at. Larry Allen is president of Allen Federal Business Partners. Thanks so much. Tom, thank you, and I wish your listeners happy selling. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.